Hello, everyone. Welcome to the We're Kicking It podcast, where I get the privilege to talk to the legends and warriors of the martial arts world. Today, I am being joined by super featherweight boxer with a record of 14 wins, two via knockout, George El Julio Acosta. Sir, how are you? I am great. You know, I'm excited to be here on the podcast, and uh, yeah, everything is going good. Training is, is going good, and looking forward to the next fight. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me, especially at your home. This is an awesome home. It's nice and wonderful here. <laughs> thank you so much. And just, I wanted to get a few things out of the way. First thing, congratulations on your previous fight. You won. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, how's that feeling? It was great. Um, you know, that was my 15th professional fight. Um, originally, I was supposed to fight that guy last year, and uh, we finally made it happen, and it was a great victory. Um, actually, got dropped in the first round. Oh. Yeah, I got dropped in the first round, um, but it was really quick. It was the first probably 30 seconds. Uh, it was just a perfect shot that he threw. I, I took a step in as I threw my jab. And he threw a straight left right at the exact same moment. And right before my back foot landed, um, he had caught me. So it was a knockdown. And uh, I got up. I shook it off. And then I started applying the pressure. And uh, second round, I think the referee could have stopped the fight. But the bell had rung. But in the third round, uh, that's when I, I finished him. That's awesome. And again, uh, as I said before, Boxing knowledge for me, it's very minimal. You could say zero. And that being said, how do people, or how does the ref or the judges, they go about scoring a knockdown? How many points does the opponent get? And how does that play into your mentality as going, oh man, I got knocked out. I need to step it up. Yeah. So normally boxing has a 10 point must system. So meaning um, the winner of the round, according to the judges, because everyone score, every judge scores a fight a little different. Some judges like scoring um, based off of uh, how many punches they land, or power punches, or who has a better uh, boxing technique. Um, every judge kind of scores a little different, and the winner of the round gets ten points. The loser of the round gets nine points. If somebody gets knocked down. Um, they get eight points and the other right. opponent gets, or the person that does the knockdown yeah. gets 10 points. Um, so I, I knew when I got knocked down that I was going to lose that round right. um, and I was okay with it because I had seven more rounds to go and uh, I was confident. So even with that knockdown, I'm like, okay, cool. In, in a way it was a little relief cause I'm like, okay, cool. I've been down or right. this is the first time that was the first time I've been locked down. Um, yeah. Uh, so in a way I'm like, okay, now I know what it's like. I know what it feels. Um, but it, 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 if anything, it made me a little bit more motivated because I'm like, okay, um, let me try to steal this round. So mm-hmm. if, if you get knocked down, you can, most of the time, if you're the person that falls during the round, you lose that round, but you can, if you end up dominating the round, you can tie the score. So that would be nine nine. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the score was because I haven't. I, I didn't see the scorecards. Um, I felt like I did enough to win that first round, uh, even though I got knocked down. But uh, yeah, whether he won or not, it doesn't matter because the fight was over in the third round. I uh, got it. And you said this this was your first time being knocked down, which demonstrates your mentality going into it because 
a lot of people that get rocked or knocked down the first time, they go into a shock mode per se. So that didn't happen with you. Uh, does that equate for you in your training that you've been hit pretty hard and whatnot? So that mentality, it's in hindsight, it's in the back of your head. So once that you get knocked down, you're, it clicked like, okay, I've been in this situation before. It's Let's just keep going. Yeah, so that this was my first time that I've been knocked down. Um, but one thing that keeps me, or at least mentally strong, when that happened is my coach, um, he tells me all the time, like, I want you to visualize all the good things that you want to do in the fight, but I also want you to visualize worst case scenarios and uh -huh. how are you going to react to it. So uh, that was one scenario. And it's funny because he even said, he's like, hey, you might be knocked down. You might get dropped this, this fight. Um, how are you going to overcome that? So uh, when it happened, um, luckily I wasn't hurt. You know, right. luckily I wasn't hurt. Um, it was a flash knockdown. I got back up, but I still, I was already uh, entering the fight mentally. I was strong enough to know that things can happen in a fight. You never know. Yes. You know, like you can be dominating a fight and out of nowhere you might get caught and that's the end of the fight. You know, so you have yeah. to, you have to train the positive mental aspect of the sport, but also you have to. Uh, visualize the negative aspect and figure out how you're going to overcome it. Because sometimes I think a, a problem fighters have is they only focus on positive visualization and that's great, right? Everyone mm -hmm. should do it. But what happens when something bad happens, you know? Like, how are you going to react when you've never been knocked down before, right? That was the first time I've been knocked down. Um, but I felt like I handled it pretty well. Yeah. Oh, no, you handled it well. You won the fight. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that was a good handle. Uh, let me backtrack here for a bit. Uh, you're nine years old, Mochi, Sinaloa, yep. and you go to your first gym. You, uh, I heard stinky gloves. Yeah. Everything was very worn down. Do, do you recall the person who took you there? And you, I believe you said it was your uncle? Yeah. Yeah. So... How how was how was that like that gym like how was it like what intrigued you into boxing at yeah. that point? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, growing up, I played every sport, and yeah. I went to go visit family in Mexico, and Los Mochis, right? Los yeah. Mochis, and my uncle at the time was a professional boxer, so he took me to the gym, and again, that was the first time I ever been to a boxing mm -hmm. gym. I, I knew what boxing was; I seen it on TV. <laughs> But that was the first time I've been to a boxing gym, and yeah, the gloves were dirty. They smell. There was probably there was probably mold, yeah. you know. But, uh, but I didn't care. I, I fell I fell in love with it, um, and it was great. It was a great experience. Uh, I hit the heavy bag. I worked with the coach there. I hit the, I hit the mitts, and um, yeah, when I came back after visiting family, I told my parents like, "Hey, I want to join boxing." And then the very next day, they're like, "Okay, let's join." Uh, they signed me up to an after-school program at the Sheriff Academy here in, in Whittier, and um, yeah, that's where my boxing journey began. Do you do you do you remember the coach in Mexico? His name and how was he like? I have I have no recollection. No, no, no. Yeah, because yeah, you were still was, young. Yeah, because I mean, it was only it was only one day that I went to the. Gym. Oh, it was only one day. It was only one day. Wow. I went one day, and then um, I told my uncle, "Oh, can we go again? Can we go again?" Yeah. Um, but we we didn't end up going. I was only there for visiting family for maybe a week and a half or two weeks. You got it. So it was like, well, we're not here. We're going to go visit other families. So yeah. I wanted to go back to the gym, but it didn't happen. And and your your uncle, did you ever 
witnessed any of his fights? You ever got to see any of his fights or saw, saw him fight? You know, I've, I've never no. seen any, oh, okay. I never saw any of his fights when I was uh, when I was over there. Um, yeah. But yeah. All right, and, and you were born and raised in Long Beach, right? And yeah. From what you tell me. Yeah, I was I was born in Long Beach, but yeah. actually, right. I was, most of my most of my life I've been here in, in Whittier. Whittier. Yeah. Got it. All right, and then uh, the sheriff's department. Do they still have that program here, or do you? You know what? I'm not. I'm not too sure if they have yeah. it. Um, I know they still have the boxing gym and everything, yeah. but um, they've gone through different um, directors. I want to say Got or it. people that run the after school program, yeah. and I think they're focused more on the academic side. And they're not. Uh, I'm not too sure if they have the boxing program. All right. And uh, you growing up, were you, were you always a uh, an introvert child, or were you an extrovert always? Because I mean, I, I know a lot of people that. In martial arts or anything you call it, they're extroverts and they're always a lot of energy per se. And once they get into the martial art, they become this calm, passive person, or even an introvert that they, they join and now they become they come out of the shell per se. Yeah. And now that's why. So how were you like when you were younger? Um, actually, I feel when I was younger, I was a little bit more extroverted. Okay. Right? I was more uh, energetic. I was out yeah. there. Um, <laughs> But then, as I as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm more introverted to myself. Um, I, yeah. I do want to say that boxing played a big role in that. Um, it's just humbling, you know, getting getting hit in the face. Oh, oh man! <laughs> yeah, getting hit in the yeah. face, uh, training hard. Um, but then I, I think that boxing, you have to be introverted with boxing because, again, it's a dangerous sport. So right. if you're not fully committed, you can get hurt. So I think. Uh, being a fighter, being a boxer, in a way you have to be introverted when you're like in training camp and everything. Yes. You can have some fun outside, you know, outside of training camp, but you can't have too much fun. You can't be overly extroverted because then, you know, some, some things can happen. You know, you don't want to be in a bad situation. So. That, that is true. And that, I like how you said introverted because honestly, when I started martial arts, I was a big introvert. Yeah. I, I was in that show for a long time now. Even my instructor says, "Well, you need to stop talking. You talk a lot." <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm sorry, but that that that's interesting now. And and yeah, uh, so nine years old, you joined the gym here, and you said you had a lot of uh, exhibition fights, like battle of the badges yeah. per se. How were those like? Like, how do obviously your coach at the time? Hey, does he tell you do you want to fight? And you go, yeah, you know, let's try it out. Yeah. So a lot of the exhibition matches, so. So, um, they were at the Sheriff Academy, they had yeah. battle the badges. So that would be like, uh, uh, let's say Los Angeles police department versus right. the sheriff department versus the Marines versus NYPD. Like they'll have a bunch of different, uh, uh, organizations or different, uh, police departments, military come and compete. Um, I, I had exhibition matches, but it was, It was against people from my gym. So it was other oh, kids. Yeah, it was other kids. It was, it. I wasn't fighting like a 25-year-old or anything. Yeah, you know? no. Yeah. yeah. So I had exhibition matches. And they were great. That was the first time I like, you know, I've always sparred in, in the gyms uh, when I was young. But then being in front of like a large crowd, I mean, it was intimidating. You know, it was intimidating right. being in front of a, a lot of people. Um, but it was, it was great. It was always fun. Um, and then after that, I think, When I was 11, I had my first official amateur fight. So before that, it was all exhibition matches. Um, and then after that, it was uh, amateur.
So, so you said uh, it was between your gym that you have exhibition fight. Uh, were there any at any time that okay, now we're gonna go against the LAPD and X amount of fighters are gonna represent us? And did that? Did you ever get that spot? Uh, no, because I, I was too young. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I was too young. What was the uh, age limit? Uh, I think it was all. It was just. Uh, I think for the the sheriff department LAPD, it was everyone over. I really don't know, but everyone yeah. was in the really in the twenties. Right. Oh, so it was like, yeah, no they way. wouldn't match me yeah. up. You know, I was 11, 12, they wouldn't match, or actually, I was like 10, they wouldn't yeah. match me up with someone. You know? so but it put it, put me against someone, you know, 12 year old, 11 year old, yeah. 13, maybe. Um, I bet I figure you just watching them just piqued your interest even more, and you got, as I say, hyped up even more, like, I want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that was a big motivator, yeah. you know, watching them, watching them compete, um, and participating also. Um, but yeah, it was definitely very motivating. Oh man, that is awesome. And so were you always there at the sheriff's department or did you go to another gym throughout the time? How, how did that work out? For yeah. You? So I, uh, at the sheriff department, I was there until I was 14, I think Got it. around 14. Um, and then I joined a different gym here in Tampa Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for, I want to say, two and a half years. So All right. Two and a, three years, give yeah. or take. Um, and then I actually took a break from boxing. Yeah, I took a All break right. from boxing. Um, and that's when I started uh, experiencing different martial arts. And yeah. I joined a jiu-jitsu gym here in, in Whittier. Awesome. Uh, Tillis uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, and, okay. And uh, so I started messing around with, ju- with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I would go to their kickboxing Muay Thai classes. Uh, and I thought about competing in MMA. Um, and I remember having a, a, you know, Noah finding me a fight. Oh. But I, I never, I never felt, I, yeah, I never went through, through with the end. Yeah. I never went through with it. And I'm like, you know what? I miss boxing. Uh. As I was thinking of returning back to boxing, my coach called me and was like, hey, you know what? It's time to, I think it's time to get back. And I'm like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And who was this coach? If you uh, Yeah. My coach is uh, Jeff Flotry. Yeah. So okay. I've been with him since the sheriff county. He was, oh. a, he was a deputy with uh, the LA, uh, LASD. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've been with him since the beginning. I'm still with him now. And uh, yeah, it's been a great great relationship, good communication. How, how is he like as a coach? Is he strict? Is he nice? Uh, you know what? He's actually not strict because yeah. he trusts what I do. Got you it. Know, he, has a lot, yeah. he has a lot of trust in, in what I do. Um, I think one of his, I think his main strengths as a coach is his, his communication and more of the psychological aspect of of the sport, Got it. you know, um, yeah. So I wouldn't say he he's strict. There's times where he's like, hey, you know, we, we need to sit down. We gotta you know, we gotta talk because we have a good relationship. You know, we right. communicate even outside of boxing. You know, hey George, what are you doing? Come to my house. Let's hang out. Um, but when it's time to to we're able to separate our friendship when when we're in the gym, we're able to separate. Like, all right, you know, my friend right now. Uh, you are my fighter or I am, you are my coach. You know, right. there's a, there's a good a separation there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. I've been in them since I was uh, 10 years old. Oh, wow. Mr. You said Jeff? Yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Coach Jeff. Wow. That's awesome. And the only, like I said, the only reason I asked this is because 
Uh, you did jujitsu, you did martial arts. As you see in, in uh, classes, it's a group lesson. Yes. So the coach is there with a numerous amount of people. Right. As And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but boxing is more of a one-on-one. As I told you earlier, I only had minimal experience, so I remember my coach coming in, giving me some pointers, and then he walks off, which to me was like, wow, okay, this is different. Yeah. You know, so... That's that's why I'm kind of that's awesome that he stuck with you and everything. But is there ever a time in boxing where you have a a group session or it's always just individual every time just gives you pointer? Is yeah, there's there's no there's times where where there's um, group classes mm-hmm. and uh, everyone learning the same thing. The thing is when when there's a group class like you have different experience levels, so uh, maybe it may be too much for. You know, One if person. you're teaching a yeah, if you're teaching a technique, it may be too much for an individual, or maybe not enough for an individual. You know, yeah. you kind of have to find so somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think with any sport, I, I really think everyone needs a little individual of work. Yeah. Um, and boxing it is very individual. You know, yeah. in boxing is you do have that one coach that will work with you um, specifically um, because everyone you know everyone has their own weaknesses everyone has their own strengths so you do have that coach you have that one coach with that one fighter sorry one coach with that one fighter they work on one thing and then uh they let's say they have multiple fighters and they work with something else whatever they need help with um but yeah there's there's boxing like group classes that people can do um but then again you do need that individual individual work yeah and uh, i mean that brings me to my next point is uh Martial arts has belts, like from white to black belt. In boxing, there's no belt. So, as you said, group classes, there could be somebody with different experiences. How do you, how do you know who's at what rank or what level per se? Because that always, to me, that was always shocking. Like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no ranking yeah. system. Um, as far as boxing, I guess very minimal. Um, like for example the amateurs you have uh, a novice division and then you have an open division I guess those are the only two main uh, differences <laughs> novice would be anyone that has 0 through 9 fights and open would be anyone that has 10 and above but even then if you think about it there's a big there's a big gap you know right. uh, the difference between someone that has 0 and 9 fights may not be that much but someone that has 10 fights and 100 fights, there's a big difference. What? But, this, but technically, <laughs> they would still fight. If they were in a tournament, they would still have to fight each other. So, yeah, this maybe they're, they're – I mean, you may you raise a good point. Maybe there should yeah. be some sort of like, hey, you know what? Let's do like another division where it can be a little fair, you know, because if you have someone that was novice and they just turned open – Fighting yeah. against maybe someone that has a hundred or two hundred fights, and it's like uh, it may be a mismatch. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in boxing there's not a there's not a ranking system. I think you just have to base it off of whatever the coach sees. You know? That's and that makes a that that brings a big play into the coach. I mean, the responsibility in saying okay, because he sees you, he sees as you're evolving, he sees you as you're growing. Right. So, I guess he has to say, okay, you're ready for this person, or you're ready for that person. Yeah. It's not like in a in a jiu-jitsu, like a blue belt going with a blue belt. And even though you a blue belt going with a third stripe or fourth stripe blue belt, that's sometimes it could be a difference there. So it's that's that's pretty crazy for me to see. Uh, but yeah, as martial arts is evolving. I mean, maybe that 
I don't know, boxing it's evolving as well. Uh, every martial arts evolving boxing right. too, but the ranking system, maybe they just there's still a lot of a uh, old school people are like, nah, we don't need that. Nah, that's just an experience. Yeah, you know, and, experience. and as far as the professional the professional uh, boxing, uh, like as far like we're kind of comparing the ranking system, mm. uh, I guess the people that rank is, well, I wouldn't say rank, but is the athletic commission. So the California State Athletic Commission has mm. to approve certain fights to happen. Um, so it, it can be like uh, someone who's 10 and 0 and 10 lockouts and uh, let's say they want to face someone who's making their pro debut or something. Um, it still has to go through some approval through the athletic commission. So, um, the, if like if you're a professional boxer, um, all the fights that are made have to it, at least here in California, um, they have to be approved by the California State Athletic Commission, and they decide whether one person is capable of competing with another fighter. Um, if they're not, the fight won't be approved. <laughs> And do they base that approval on the number of fights that you you have? And I say you as because in general, but uh, the number of fights you had, do they look at your resume and go, okay, you had X amount of fights? Okay, you could fight this person. Yeah, I don't know exactly uh, how they calculate, um, like, whether they approve the fight or not. But mm-hmm. I think I would imagine they have some sort of, they look at the resume, they look mm-hmm. at the... Uh, maybe the knockouts, how many rounds you've had. Um, they look at, I think, they look at the whole fighter, or they look at the fighter as a whole, and they see whether they um, are able to compete against the other opponent. Got it. And uh, so now that brings me back to my to my question that uh, that the whole exhibitions, amateur and professional, the the way you go up about it. And you said if it's exhibitions, I think zero to nine fights, and you go to amateur, which is like you said, maybe it could be ten to a hundred. Yeah. How do you, how does, how do you know that you're ready for that professional level? Because I've heard, and this is for the NFL, that there's a big difference from college to the NFL. Yeah. So I'm assuming that amateur to professionals, there's a big, big difference. Is that? The case? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of differences between like the amateur, uh, amateur boxing and professional mm-hmm. boxing. Like one of the main ones, one of the most noticeable ones, it would be like no headgear. So when you're amateur, well, now the rules are changing a little bit, but at least uh, in amateur, you wear headgear, you wear bigger gloves. Um, the rounds are shorter. You're only doing three rounds. Uh, professional, you start off as four, uh, six, eight, ten, twelve rounds. No headgear, uh-huh. smaller gloves. Um, yeah, and it, it's, it's different. But the thing about professional boxing is that you actually don't need an amateur background to turn pro. What? Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, you don't talk need, to me about this. Yeah, what yeah. is that? Yeah, you actually don't need an amateur background to to turn pro in boxing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know you, you've seen fights where there's a fighter that just looks completely like, hey, you don't belong here. Or you don't have the greatest technique. Um, now, with that said. So anyone can really just be like, hey, I want to, you really, anyone can really turn pro in boxing. You know, what? anyone can really turn pro. Um, I'm sure there's a little, you have to show something to the athletic commission. So if you have zero amateur fights, little little uh, fighting experience, um, I'm sure they may be like, hey, show us a video of you or show us something that you have, you're able to defend yourself. You don't need a, a amateur uh, resume to turn pro. 
Yeah, not at least not in California. I don't know. In other states are a little different, but in California, you don't need an amateur. Do you believe that's because? Uh, and again, I know it's a movie, but it could be something similar because it's based off a real person. They're looking for that rocky story that somebody coming in from just the bottom. Yeah, the bottom, and then all of a sudden it's a champion, and now they could make this person super great, you know, advertising it and everything. You know what? I don't, I don't think so. I okay. think it's just they're trying to give everyone an opportunity. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's like you do have to be smart about it. You know, like yeah. if you're going, if you decide to turn pro, you don't have amateur fights, off the bat, promoters are going to, they're not going to give you the, the best opportunity. You know, right. they're going to they're give you fights, but hey, you're going to fight this person that has more amateur experience than you. So if you're just if you're looking to turn pro but you don't have experience, that's not the greatest idea because you can get hurt. It's very dangerous, and chances are you're not going to go far. But <laughs> it's, it's all right. You can go get her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go upstairs. No, no, let's go. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, no worries. No, you're good. Oh, wow. Yes, this headphone does messed up. No, I, I could cut all that out, so we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and that's why I snapped the finger <laughs> when that happened. Uh, let me start back. We were at the amateur. Yes. In the fight. <laughs> I just, just forgot where I left off. Sorry. Uh, what do we left off? We're talking about uh, that you don't need a professional or you don't uh, need amateur to, yeah. to turn pro. You don't need amateur. Okay. So getting back into it in three, two, one. As for yourself, did you notice that difference from amateur to pro when you had your first fight? Did you notice the difference yourself? Yeah. Um, so after my amateur career, I did take a break. Um, I took about like a, it was supposed to be like two, it was supposed to be like a month or two off. It ended up being like a year and a half off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I turned, when I turned pro, I definitely, it was just, it was just different. Um, you know, the atmosphere, the, the, no headgear, the small gloves, like you don't realize the gloves look big in person or on, on the screen or on TV, but they're actually, they're actually small. I mean, not, obviously bigger compared to like MMA gloves, but they're mm -hmm. a lot smaller. Um, but yeah, there was a, there's a, there's just a, a huge difference because amateurs controlled, um, and there's age groups up until I think you reach 17, then you're able to fight someone up to, you know, in their twenties or maybe early thirties. Mm -hmm. But in the professional, once you turn pro, you can be 18 years old. I think California had to be 18. You'd be 18 years old fighting someone who, I mean, at 18, you're not fully matured yet. No, you know, you're not, you're not a, if, you know, if you're, if you're a male, you're not a man yet. You're not a man at 18, you know? Uh -huh. So you can turn pro at 18 and fighting someone who's 27 years old now, that's a mature, you know, that's a mature adult already, 28 years what? old. Yeah. So there's a, that's when it becomes a big difference, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. Like you're not fully developed. 
you're finding someone who's who's uh, who has a lot of years already in their life and they're stronger. Maybe they're just more mature. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a big difference. So once if you decide to turn pro, make sure you're you know fully aware of all the all the possibilities that that can happen in that ring. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the coaches are also again the word coach coaching you into going. You know what? Let's wait a little while because at 18 you're excited. Yeah, you're fearless. Yeah, you want to jump in there. So hopefully the coach, you know. Let's backtrack. You know what? Let's take a few more fights and then maybe we'll be ready. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what my coach was thinking too. Um, so my co- I didn't turn pro until I was 20. Um, so my coach, that was one of the things that he wanted was like, you know, when I was amateur, he would go corner some professional fights and he would be like, this is root. Like this is, you know, he cares at me as a cares for me as a person. So he even said, it's like, this is dangerous. Those gloves are small. They treat fighters like garbage. They, they don't really care too much. Um, so in his mind, he was like, let's, let's wait for you to turn pro. And I think he recently said that if we were to do it all over again, he would still wait, maybe give me an extra year before, before. And again, mm-hmm. again, physically at 18, you're not fully mature and also mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally, you're not, you're not fully mature. So it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, taking a loss early on, let's say you're 18 years old, it might completely change your the path that you're going towards, you know? Maybe you're not emotionally, you're not mentally prepared to take a loss, you know, as far as opposed to maybe when you're 25, you have more life experience, then you're like, okay, if I take a loss, that's fine. I can keep moving forward. So that's, I think age is a, is a big, uh, you know, big variable here too. You just brought up a good point on the whole just – how young to the older, younger you take a loss, how you might change the whole path. Like I said, you're 18, you're hungry, you want it. Everybody tells you you're the best. Yep. You believe it because you're doing so good. You take that loss and it's like the whole world crumbles. Right. And emotionally for, you said, like you said, an 18 year old, that could be devastating. Yeah. And the, and the 18 year old could have like, can be like a high level amateur. He can mm. be like, had the, have the best, um, um, he can be a big prospect. He can have super talented skills, speed, power, everything. But if, Hey, if you're not strong mentally at 18 and the chances are you're not, and you take a loss that might hurt how your career plays out. You know, you could be, you could have been a world champion, but you weren't mentally yeah. prepared to take that loss early on. And now, you know, However, if they have a coach like Jeff, like yours, like you said, training you for that positive mentality is great, but also what if? Right. What if? I don't want to jinx you. Yeah. However, we got to think about that. What if, what if this happens? Yeah, absolutely. Like start pre-framing you. Look, there's a chance that this could happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Right. But if it does, how are you going to take that? Yeah. Because yourself, you, I believe you went six on a six fight winning six or seven fight winning streak yeah, yeah. and then that ultimately that loss came right but you you were i want to say 23 24 at the time uh when i took that loss i was yeah. 20 uh 22 yeah so you were a little bit more mature right. so you took it how did you take that loss how, how was your mentality at the time because obviously you had a great coach yeah which he was telling you what if yeah so how did you take 
at, how was your mentality during that time? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I feel like I'm more of a late bloomer. So now I'm starting to, or maybe it's oh. just as the years go on, I become more mature and more aware of, of, you know, my mentality and my emotions and everything and how to cope with things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I took that loss. Um, I Right away, I was back in the gym. And I'm like, okay, cool. I took a loss. You know, a good thing it was early on in my career, right? When you're when you're starting uh, early on in your career, I guess I don't want to say it's better or, or worse, but in a way, it's better to take a loss early. That way, you're right. able to correct that mistake as fast as possible. You know, yes. you don't want to go. You know, let's say you're 30 and 0 or something, and and you take a loss, and you're so used to winning, winning, mm-hmm. winning, winning, and then it's like, whoa, like how are you going to react to that? And it, it's just uh, you climb the ladder, and if you take a loss when you're up high, you fall even lower. Yeah, yeah. Opposed to when you're starting off, if you take a loss in the third step, cool, you go back on the ladder, you know. And yeah, I mean, I took that loss more as a just learning, experience. you know, like, yeah, it's a learning experience. Like, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna be Floyd Mayweather, you know, I'm not gonna be this <laughs> undefeated, you know, fighter. Cool, yeah. I took a loss. I'm handling okay. Um, how can I, how can I improve? What did I do wrong and how can I get better? You also mentioned, um, cause the different styles in boxing, I, I still have yet to understand that. Um, uh, what, what does it mean having different styles in boxing? I heard something about counter punching or being offensive. What, what is that? I mean, cause to most people, they just see two hands, right? Yeah. But Obviously, there's so much more to that. Yeah. How, well, can you tell me the different styles that you know and that you probably like have come up against, or a style that you like to train in yeah. and whatnot? Yeah. So I mean, that's why the famous slogan, "The styles make fights." I mean, people yeah. people see like the general public, unless you're really really familiar with boxing, and let's say you're a coach or or you're a boxer yourself, you're able to identify the different styles. Um, but yeah, for the most people, they just see Two gloves and people and, you know, two guys or two females just punching each other, you know, uh, but there's a lot to it. So, yeah, there's a bunch of different styles. You have a like counter punching style. You have more of a defensive minded style. You have a, uh, like they say, the Mexican style where they come forward and throw a bunch of punches, a lot of head movement. Uh, you have a boxer, you have boxer punchers. There's a, just a variety of different styles. Um, and I feel like I've, for the most of my career, I've I've faced guys that like to come forward and be more of the aggressors. So with them, I have to be more change my style. Well, not change my style, but I have to adapt to what they're doing and, and be more of a boxer and move mm-hmm. around and use my reach, use my distance, use my counter punching. Um, and I've also faced other fighters that are are more uh, they're slick. They move. They're uh, more defensive minded, so they like to box. When they, when I face guys like that, I have to switch my style up and be more uh, pressing, move forward, put the pressure. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bu- there's a lot of different styles, and similar to like other other sports or other combat sports, just there's just a change of style, or someone someone is good at one particular move, and um, yeah, that, that gives that gives that. I think that's the art of boxing. Whereas the fundamentals and proper technique is the science of boxing. Got it. And as far as um, when you're in a fight, could could you tell right away, or is there like a switch in your mind, in your brain that goes, okay, 
I got this fight because <clears throat> obviously when you're sparring, I don't know if it happens to you, but uh, to the people I talk to, it like it's like when they're sparring, it seems like everything's going slow motion and you could counter everything. Does that happen to you in a fight where you're in a fight and you're like, okay, I have this in the bag. I, you're starting to see everything that's coming at you and you're like, okay, Does, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, actually that has happened uh, a lot of the times where, where you notice, you know, after the first or second round, uh, you notice that, that the, the gap starts building up, you know, right. the, the gap starts getting bigger and bigger and, uh, you can tell when, you know, you're landing the, the better punches, when you're quicker, when you're landing the power shots. And sometimes mm-hmm. um, you, you can feel it, too, where your opponent just the power is not the power is not there. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of able to, in a way, sacrifice. Not, not the best thing to do, but mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm willing to take one punch to land a, a stronger mm-hmm. punch. Right. But, yeah, there's been times where you just know when when you have the when you're winning the fight yeah yeah and when when do you because i mean obviously a little showboating doesn't hurt but once you start doing a lot you get a little cocky and i've seen it happen where people are getting too cocky and they get hit yeah. uh do you like to are you one to showboat or like to be in there going okay i could do a little showboating and whatnot have you ever done that yeah you know what uh i can't say i i, I haven't done it yeah. i'm sure i have but I, I don't do it too often, right. only because I mean, cool, you showboat, but yeah. at the same time, boxing is a dangerous sport. It is. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what, what? Okay, you may be winning a fight, and you start showboating, and then you get caught, and you get knocked down, or you, or you get hurt. Then, then it's like it's gonna backfire. Then it's like, oh, okay, you're showboating. You know, instead of showboating, you know, stay disciplined, keep your hands up, and and uh throw your combinations mm-hmm. and keep winning the fight but yeah i mean you, you've seen it when when mm-hmm. fighters showboat and then they get hurt and they lose a fight you know it's, in a way it's it's embarrassing so, <laughs> it is know. but it uh, does it does add flavor it does add more more yes. entertainment and at the end yeah. of the day uh boxing is technically enter it's entertainment it really is you know it's it real is. it's real punches oh, are real you oh, know yeah, fighters no. are really getting hurt but at the end of the day is it is entertainment and if you're able to to be an entertaining fighter, you're able to market yourself a little better as well. Yeah. And you know what? A, a lot of things that, <clears throat> uh, let me backtrack a bit, uh, the people don't realize is that when they start boxing, because I learned this the, the hard way, not that I didn't get hit, but <laughs> I could tell the, the coach at the time was looking at me like, and you have experience in punching? When you throw a jab, that's one. When you throw a cross, that's two. Yeah. A hook, three. Uppercut, four. Yeah. So when the coach told me, all right, throw a one, two, slip, uh, two combo, I was like, huh? <laughs> and he's like, and he didn't say it, but I could tell by that look. He's like, and you're a martial artist? <laughs> and you don't know this? I honestly, I want to say like three, four years ago, I learned about that. Yeah. And at first I was like, how am I going to learn all this? But now it's it's a lot easier. But <clears throat> did you have a hard time learning those combos that one, two, and slip, and like going under? Yeah, I actually started with uh, the full name, so like the whole oh, number system. And yeah. the thing is, that every every coach can kind of develop their own number system, right. so they can be like, "Oh, the two is a jab, or oh, the three is an uppercut." Everyone can develop. Right. But there's kind of been a a universal one jab, two cross, yes. three hook. Um, but I think early on, I was just learning through the jab, the cross, the hook. I think I was I was so young and so just excited to to be in the gym that I took everything in, you know. I, like 
I'll be the first one to go to the gym. I'll be there 30 minutes before the gym opens. They had a treadmill. I wasn't supposed to be on it, but I would be on the treadmill. <laughs> and then I would be the last one out. And then I would come home and then I would watch fights. And I was just fully just, I dove into the yeah. sport. So I feel like I learned quickly. I, I didn't think I had too much trouble learning the, the, the punches and the numbers and everything. Uh, only because one, when you're younger, you're able to learn quicker. Right. And two, I was just so like, I wasn't intimidated. I was very eager to learn. So I yeah. thought it kind of easy. Yeah. Cause the boxing, I mean, it's about the combos. I mean, blocking, counter punching and whatnot from what I've seen and what, like I said, the knowledge that I know. Do you, do you and your coach have like, I want to say like secret if he says, all right, give him like the, the mochis combo. Yeah. Like, do you guys have that when, uh, when you're fighting? Yeah. We, we actually, we actually do. Um, we have, uh, no, I don't want you giving yeah. the secret away. I don't yeah. want you giving the secret. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what, yeah. what it is, but we, we, he developed, um, it's called a, he calls it a sequence yeah. where it's a, a set of, cause sometimes when you're in a fight, you get, at least for me in the past, I would get a lot of like analysis paralysis. Me being a coach, uh, and teaching boxing, I know, let's say when you slip a jab, you have option A, option B, option C, option D. Like there's a lot of ways to counter. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, I would have difficulty choosing what I wanted to do. And then right. opportunity passes. So one thing that my coach uh, developed, at least for us, that's worked is a sequence, which is a set of combinations where we just drill in order. And I don't have to think as much. I just let, I just let the, you know, trust the training, trust the combination. I'm just going to throw it regardless of my, what my opponent is doing. There's just a set of, of combinations that I'm throwing. Let's say choose three combinations and we just repeat those. And then mm-hmm. instead of just doing one combination and analyzing, we're doing three. And then that's, you know, 15, 20 seconds of the round already where I'm being active and I don't have to think I'm just doing. Right. Okay, so that's, so, that's one so, thing. That's yeah. one thing that we did. Okay, so yeah, there is something like that. Again, I don't want to review any secrets. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome though that you have that. Because again, boxing just two hands, but the combos that sometimes I see people throw, and I've seen your fight, you guys throw. I'm like, man, that's incredible. Because again, the hand speed is just like, oh my goodness, that's yeah. insane. That's crazy. And uh, as for you, before a fight, obviously. I, I get, I'm, I'm not speaking for you, but uh, for me, when I used to do tournaments, the butterflies in the stomach. Yeah. And again, I'm not a professional for per, per any sense or whatever, but those butterflies still kick in when you're going to perform in front of people and whatnot. Cause obviously you don't want to, you don't want to do bad. You don't want right. to lose. You don't want to, you don't want to underperform. How do you deal with those butterflies yourself? Yeah. So I, early on, I would actually get a lot of the butterflies and the butterflies, I actually get them. As I'm driving up to the venue, because oh once I'm in the locker room, you have right. them a little bit, but then they kind of go away. Okay. Now, uh, I mean, one thing I like to do in the locker room, I like to read. So really? I just, yeah, I like to All keep right. my mind occupied. So I'll just pick a book, whatever book I'm reading at that time, and I'll just sit in the locker room. And sometimes you have to wait a long time, you know, like, for, exact, for example, my last fight. You know, we have to check in the in the locker room like five thirty, and I don't fight till like ten thirty. So it's like five hours. I'm in the locker room, wow. and it's like I'm not going to be warming up for five hours. Right. It's hard. It's you can imagine it's hard to take a nap. It you is. know, when you have a fight in five. You know, you're fighting for your life in five hours. There's no way you're going to go to sleep. <laughs> so I like to bring a book, and I'll just read. 
And I feel like that helps me calm down a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, when it's time to, you know, when it's like an hour out, then I'll start wrapping up my hand wraps and then start warming up nice and light. Uh, so that would be another tip. Another tip would be movement. Movement mm-hmm. helps the butterflies. So if you feel like you have the butterflies, just start moving around a little bit. Um, yeah. But that's the, that's the thing with uh, amateurs or when they're just beginning. You say movement, but a lot of them move too much. Yep. To where they true. get tired. Yeah. So I, I mean, what's a tip that you could give to those people just starting? Like, don't move too much, but you know, get your body going. Like, what do you like? Like, what kind of movements do you recommend? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Actually, you don't want to over over move. You don't want to yeah. move too much. So it would just be a little bit. Um, one thing you can do is follow the exact same. Uh, warm up routine that you do at the gym, right? Don't do anything crazy. Like when you're in the gym, uh, chances are you don't have the butterflies only because you're there all the time. It's your home. You're comfortable. Even when you spar, maybe when you spar, you might have a little butterflies, but you not, it's not going to be anything like when you compete. So one tip would be follow the exact same routine that you do for warm up in the gym. Uh, and then when you compete, do the same routine and that way it helps you, it makes you, puts you in the mindset of like, Hey, it's just another day. Um, you don't have to over glorify this event. Um, I mean, it is a little bit more important, but it's not that important. It's not that important. That's one thing you, you don't want to, you know, exactly. (laughs) You don't want to put too much power into that, into that event. Um, but yeah, so a tip would just be. Uh, follow the same routine that you do in the gym. Take it out there, and uh, that should work. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, the the whole adrenaline dump thing I've seen it happen, and it's I, I'm a firm believer in the adrenaline dump. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and have you seen it in your opponents or yourself, where you feel like you're like, you know what? I need to calm myself down. I need to calm myself down. Has that ever happened? Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's if if I've had the Adrenaline. I mean, I definitely have the adrenaline after the fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. during, I, I feel like I'm just normally I'm a very calm and quiet and reserved person yeah. that um, I, I try to keep it like that throughout the whole, you know, up until the fight. I try to just, the, all the intensity is just going to be at that moment, you know, only, you know, only be intense for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. But then after, after the fight, once, uh, yeah, once I'm back in the in the locker or once I'm back in the room, actually in the mm-hmm. locker room. Once I go back in the locker room, then I get a big, I get that big adrenaline dump, and I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Now let's enjoy this victory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, another congratulations I wanted to say to you. You're gonna get married soon. Yes. And I'm gonna put you in the, <laughs> a little in the hot seat. Yeah. However, how 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 long have you and your fiance been together? And how do you guys meet? Yeah, so we <laughs> answer correctly. If you have to look at a book, look at it. <laughs> no, yeah, we actually. So uh, I am getting married um, next week. <laughs> See, what uh, yeah, I'm getting married next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we met. She used to go to UCR Riverside. Okay. Um, and she was a friend of my sister, or right. she is a friend of my sister. Yeah. Um, so I met her through my sister mm-hmm. and then uh it was cool we're friends uh but then we started to get to know each other a little bit um yeah and that, that was 
Seven years ago. Seven years. Wow. So I proposed to her in October of last year. I also actually had a scheduled fight, had a fight scheduled for that day. And I already had my mind. I'm like, you know, I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose. My fight actually got canceled three hours, like a couple hours before. Yeah. And then, um, but I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm following through. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, I'm still going to propose. And, yeah, so we've been together for quite some time now, and uh, it's great. I love her, and uh, I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm happy for you, man. When you told me that you're gonna like, congrats, and I'm like I said, thank you so much for taking your time because wedding preparations could be big. They could yeah. they could take a lot of your time. So like, thank you so much for yeah. this. Um, you know what? You're 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 still a young fighter, but you have so much experience. Do you have any words for any up-and-coming boxers or anyone in general that would like to take up boxing or just anything in life? Like, what what can you what do you what can you say? Yeah, uh, I, I would say uh, at least from I'm gonna speak from experience. Um, yeah. You know, it may not work for everyone, but one thing that I had to remind myself is that you know don't take don't put don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put too right. much pressure on yourself. Um, you know, not every, you don't have to, you don't have to be undefeated. You know, you don't have, you're going to take losses and that's okay. You know, just look at the losses as learning experience, you know, uh, treat them. In fact, sometimes your losses are, are better than your wins because you learn so much more, you know, you can win and win and win and be making mistakes. Uh, but you don't realize them because you're winning, you know, right. normally when you win, you don't tend to reflect on your performances. Um, only when you lose, you reflect, but you can do it in both. So I would say one tip is, is don't put so much pressure on yourself. And if you lose, that's okay. Um, you know, your family's still going to love you. Your friends are still going to love you. Um, and, uh, yeah, don't, don't get discouraged. And whenever you do lose, if it comes, if you lose, um, try to learn from it, you know, go back yes. and look at it very objectively and be like, okay, why did I lose? Don't just be like, Oh, I lost because he's better. No, like, what did you do wrong? Really yeah. look at it objectively and then be like, okay, this is what I need to practice. Yeah. That's a hard pill to swallow for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah but well, George, thank you so much for your time. Where could we find you? Websites, anything, social media, where, where could we find, yeah. find um, you? Yeah. Well, thank you for, for this. It was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm on Instagram at GeorgiaCosta562. Um, and if you want to follow me on YouTube, I do videos on boxing, nutrition, exercise, and share advice. Uh, that's just LUU. Or you can look up LUU Boxing and that should mm-hmm. pop up right there. And that's LUU with YU, YU. Yes. And uh, I... I did see that your sister, because she she gave you that nickname because she couldn't pronounce your name. So you, you, and that's been sticking around since you were little. Exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And take care, everyone. Thank you.